0: Jay, I I know for quite some time now, you've been wanting to get on the podcast and I, I've been wanting to get you on the podcast. Uh, in all fairness um, and regrettably, I'm very sorry that it has to be in these circumstances, but you've been doing a tremendous amount of work. I've got the utmost respect for you. Uh, the graft that you've been putting in over these last couple of weeks is admirable. And as I say, uh, you deserve every platform that you can get.
1: I'd like to say thank you so much for letting me on the podcast. Finally, I know we we talked about it for a very long time. It's a shame it's under these circumstances, really, because uh, we've had a really good chat about football journalism. But we're here to talk about Athletic and administration. I really appreciate the kind words as well. It it was what any loving football fan would do. I know if Everton was in a similar position as us, you'd you'd have the same mindset and mentality to do everything you can in your power, use your platform, and. Use your voice to help the voiceless and
0: help raise awareness of what's been going on. Definitely. And as you say there, I think with the courses that we've been on relating to sports media, I think it's almost sort of by default, I think we attach ourselves to the clubs that mean most to us, me being Everton and you being Wigan Athletic. And just to give a, a bit of background context, for me, Wigan Athletic had always been, one Of those clubs that have been synonymous with their owner, um, albeit uh, you know, the the first owner that springs to mind is obviously Dave Whelan, uh, who sold the club in 2018. And how long were Wigan in the Premier League prior to being relegated to the Championship? It was like seven years, eight years, eight um, years. We got, eight, we got eight. relegated in uh, 2013 after winning the FA Cup, after winning the FA Cup, yeah, I remember it well. And, as I say, Wigan again has always just been one of these teams that I, I just synonymous with of us being in the Premier League. To me, um, I remember when there was quite a, a northern contingent in the Premier League with the likes of yourselves, Bolton and Blackburn, and I'd always attend those away games, and there'd always be clubs that I'd have the you know the utmost respect for, and you would never ever in a million years imagine. Them to be in the situation that they are in today. I've always said that once a team is relegated to the championship, it is a very, very hard league to get out of. So, as you say, relegated in 2013 after winning the FA Cup under Roberto Martinez. So, I suppose this is going to be one of those podcasts where I just sort of sit back and let you take the floor, really. I mean, I've read travel articles, different Twitter threads. Uh, I've watched the work from yourself with the likes of Keelan McGuire, Andy Burnham and whatnot. So, you know, as I say, all oh, admirable work and you deserve every platform to to explain what's going on from your situation. So there you go, mate.
1: Uh, thanks for uh, donating the, the podcast to me this episode. And I think it's, it's really hard to explain what's been going on in... Much depth, really, because we don't really know. Um, everyone's in the dark. It's it's very murky waters. There's a lot, a lot going on behind the scenes. There's a lot coming out. There's new information every day. I mean, there's so many great tw- threads on Twitter, like like you've mentioned. So if anyone's watching this podcast, I'd, I'd recommend reading threads more than anything because it's not something Wigan fans like to really dwell on uh, the circumstances. It's it's mainly what we've been doing is focusing our efforts on. I not know what's happening. I know that we've got a lot of fans investigating uh, and they're doing great. But other fans we're, we're trying to raise money for the club and, and save the club because although this is happening, the teams have games to play, they're still gonna travel travel down, they're still gonna get coaches for the weekends. Uh life's still going on, we've still got members of staff working tirelessly. I know we've we've let seventy five non playing staff go. A lot of which I'm I'm quite quite friendly with and, and that's obviously heartbreaking because it, it's never nice to see anyone lose the jobs and especially when is so unbelievable and it's no fault of their own and I think that's why we need to highlight what's going on at Wigan because not only will it help the club in the long term future but it'll highlight several flaws of the fit and proper person's test as was probably already previously mentioned with Bolton-Berry but it, it gives the EFL a proper chance to reassess what, what they've been uh, doing over the years and safeguard more clubs really because we're the first club this has ever happened to in terms of the scandal that's been going on but we won't be the last, and obviously with the coronavirus pandemic, we won't be the, the last club to go in under I admin. Mean, I know another Champions League club were seriously thinking about it. Uh, it's not come out of who it is. I know Andy Burnham confirmed that to me. That's just that's not me just saying, guessing that sort of coming in the admin. And you, you can imagine that League One and League Two clubs are also in a similar boat because in football, as, as you know, with your experience at, at UCFB. It, the biggest revenue for football clubs is the fans. Uh, t- t- ticket sales in the gate is so important. I know Wigan, uh, we'll, we'll see the jokes in the comments, empty seats, no fans, all that all that nonsense you, you've heard all the years. And it, it's so important to get fans through the door. I think people underestimate it really. And obviously behind closed door here, we, we've lost the real opportunity to kind of get ticket sales in and obviously pump revenue into pull through that but also on another side of things we, we've lost an opportunity to, to rally the team because in, in a situation like this if it would have happened in a pre-coronavirus pandemic world we'd be there cheering support of the team on through this would be rallying up before games and we can't even do that uh, the closest we can get is a cardboard cut out in, in the stands and you you gotta say the the players are uh, they getting paid uh, I believe twenty um, percent of their normal wage, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure they've actually been paid just yet. But to the performances they've been giving out, considering that some players could just let you down the tools and go I'm not I'm not getting paid I'm not playing I'm not I'm not bothered. Some people are out of contract and they're still giving it their own. They could have easily gone No, I'm not playing. I don't want to hamper my chances for a future move." but that just sums up it. athletic. have our our club, every one of those players are battling, they're fighting for the cause, they're fighting as much on the pitch as when the supporters are off the pitch. and You've got to commend them for that. Uh, Paul Cook is. I know he had a lot of doubters uh, earlier in, in January because we had one win in 17 games, and he's well and truly justified the decision to keep on as manager because he's been excellent. Uh, man-to-man management is, I don't think there's many better than him at championship level. He, he gets it, he, he, he really does. He gets the talent. He's a tower, he's a former player in, I believe, the 80s and 90s, uh, definitely before my time, and he, he just knows the talent and he knows what it means to so many people. I always say, when when talking about Wicker Platic, if, if you've never been, or you've never been a part of the club, you just won't get it. You, you won't understand that it's, it's such a, a unique community where everyone's kind of connected, We're all different people in terms of upbringings, backgrounds, personal situations, uh, job situations. But we're all joined together in our athletic and and that's a special thing. And to obviously see what happens, this football club is so, so sad uh, because no one expects it. There's no signs. Usually when a club goes into admin, there's a bit of an inkling as to to what is what's going to happen. And. And the, what the future holds, I know. I know Bolton. They they announced that they had obviously a lot of debt, and there were signs there. But for Wigan, it was very much an overnight thing. Mm-hmm. I found out when I was at my grandma's having a, having a bit of a dinner, and uh, I turned on TV. It was there, uh, Sky News, yellow writing, breaking news, and I thought, is it? Is this a joke? Someone pulling my leg, but it, it turned out to be to be true.
0: And can I have just...
1: got to connect.
0: I was just going to say, can I interject there, especially during during a time like this, as you say, in, a, in the pandemic era, I think many football fans, myself included, initially when the news broke, inferred that the administration would be related to the fact that games are now being played behind closed doors, the fact that that match day revenue stream is now cut off, and that simply... Isn't the case at all? I know Wigan were losing around roughly nine million pounds a year, but I think, tradi- I mean, traditionally, I know Premier League clubs have been that as well, changed a bit since the influx of broadcasting revenues. But traditionally, owning or being involved in the board of a football club is a loss making business. So, for the fact of the matter, what happened to have occurred, as you say, has come right out the blue. And I just thought it would help a lot of people and obviously this is getting out there to to a different audience as well. If you could paint the picture of the events that have unfolded to land you in the situation that you are today.
1: Uh, So basically in a a nutshell, on the, I believe it was the 24th of June, uh, Wiggins changed ownership from the International Entertainment Corporation to the Next Leader Fund, uh, which was run by our young Waikai, like um, who is otherwise known by his English business name as Kenneth. And for the for the time of the podcast, I'm just going to call him Kenneth because it's a lot easier than saying uh, his uh, Hong Kong name. So um, so basically, he took ownership of the club. And it was already quite strange, in my opinion, to, to, to buy and, and change owners of a football club in the midst of a pandemic. I thought to myself, it's a bit odd because if anything, they'd be kind of doing cost cost saving moves to kind of help the club um, and to obviously take over. It was very strange and there was, um I know there was terms about a, a 24 million loan. Initially it was um Lattice would have to pay 8% interest rate and then I think it was N25. This is the top of my memory, so it might be wrong, but um, basically, there's been a lot of murky thing that's going on, but uh, the the, the overall thing is um, on obviously the EFL approved uh, Kenny as the fit and proper owner. So he, he did the test and he and he obviously passed. And a month and obviously apart of that test, you had to prove to have two years of finances. So for me um, to to obviously buy a club, then put it into admin just a month later. We need to prove to our two as a finance like that I immediately think to myself, what's going on here? Um, we can't really say who's to blame. Uh, it's not fair to speculate. I know there's a full and thorough investigation going to be going on by an independent board, as confirmed by Andy Burnham and obviously their letter to the FL. But I think the most important thing you've got to look at is the, the defence as well, because I, I know where uh, Wigan today did an exclusive from uh our young Waikai, like uh otherwise known as Kenne, And he and he practically uh, tried to pin coronavirus as as a reason to put into administration, which as you know with in, in when when it happened in June, the pandemic was already ongoing. It was already a worldwide known problem. So you can't really say, Oh, I didn't know it. there was a pandemic when it was blatantly clear there was a pandemic. So it's it's very murky, like it's it's very hard to even put an understanding on it because there's so many twists and turns to this story. Mm-hmm. It's it's honestly best to try and read and research yourself because I, I can tell you as a little bit of info, but the other way you can really truly understand is by looking into it and researching because it, it's so dark and murky. I've never seen anything like it, personally. I think it could be a Netflix documentary in a few years. It's that kind of... It's, Possibly could be one of the biggest sporting scandals I, I've ever seen, definitely in my lifetime because it's it's very hard to um, really put into words what's happened. But you, you've got a the the, the biggest we, the biggest like interpretation I've seen is the the owners potentially got bored and saw the club, or they just decided to cut the losses. But mm-hmm. you've got a but the people I feel for most of the staff because they're, they're now out of work and probably one of the most saddening times the country's ever faced with the pandemic and not not only have I been struggling over the last few months in our lockdown and that experience, but now they've got to obviously start again. Some people have been there for 15 years. So many club, club legends in their own right because, as you know, so I know you've been a media media assistant at Atkinson Stanley. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? You've had, uh, as you know, with, with clubs, the, the people who work behind the scenes, they're the unsung heroes. Their the life was the managers and the players, they do on a the afternoon and a Tuesday night if it's if it's league. But the people behind the scenes are the real glue of the club because players come and go, managers come and go, but the staff there are always there. And to obviously see what's happened to them, 75 non-playing staff being made redundant, it's it made me a bit sick to the stomach, to be honest, because yeah. it, it's really not that. It's not their fault. It's it's not the club's fault. And as Andy Burnham said, um, I'm obviously quoting him because he's got a lot of clout. He's, he's the greatest of Manchester mayor, and he's been very very proactive as as Labour MP, Lisa and Andy in fighting our cause. And and he kind of said that he's got a, a potential meeting with the EFL. So obviously, when you when you get an administration, you get a mandatory four point reduction it's mm-hmm. automatic. As soon as you enter administration, you slap with it. But we're, we're currently on a campaign to appeal that 12-point deduction or potentially suspend it until a thorough investigation has took place because, as Andy Burnham said, it's not fair to punish the fans or the, someone higher up as, as me because someone has to be held accountable for this because it's, it's definitely someone's mistake somewhere and the one thing I don't want to say, or any Wigan fans want to see, is finger pointing. I don't want. Oh, it's his fault. It's his fault. No one really coming out. It would just be great for the football fans and the town something to say. Look, I made a mistake. This is what I've done, and I'll I'll try and make it right. And I think the way to make it right is the twelve point deduction. I think it should be suspended
0: until further investigation. Am I right in Stop saying that? Am I right in saying that from your your conversation with Andy Burnham, he feels like there are very good grounds to have that point deduction suspended.
1: Yeah, you're, you're correct. He, he thinks we've got a very, very strong case with the evidence that has been presented uh, from the club uh, administrators. Um, there, there's a, It's never been overturned before. No no club has ever had a, a point deduction suspended or um, overturned. and okay. That's probably why people have thought it's quite a long shot to actually appeal it but that's why these these deductions have an appeal option because if you feel like you have a case you feel like you've been unjustified and you've been wrongfully wronged I think you've got every right to to fight the cause and appeal and personally I I think we've we've got a good chance but um and I know a lot of people are saying because obviously Bolton Berry they they didn't get their point of deductions overturned but everything's impossible until someone does it so i feel like we can be a real history makers here and i've never seen a club fight administration like we can have never we've we've kind of fought our case so well so far with it's only been a week since it happened so it's still quite fresh in everyone's mind but the real the real tax now for me and a lot of fans is we need to keep up the forefront of everyone's minds because in a few weeks' time, people will forget and we don't want to be forgotten. We want our case to be highlighted. We want it to be in, in the media and we want the right people to take action and help this football club obviously survive and help us find a suitable buyer too because the last thing we want is to get a new buyer, um, new buyer, new owner, and it happened again mm-hmm. because that's what happened at Berry with Steve Dale and uh, Lisa Nandy and was expressing the importance of finding the right person, and I, I know Andy Burton and Lisa Nandy and have both been advocating a local buyer who who knows a town. Obviously, the the problem when you get a foreign owner, uh, there's no attachment to the town. Uh, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. if they've, if they've never visited, to them it, it's just a piece, it's just a name on a piece of paper, as if if I owned a business in uh, Hong Kong. Uh, and I'd never been to Bangkok, for example. For me, Bangkok wouldn't mean anything. I wouldn't know about it. I wouldn't know the town. I wouldn't know the people. I will not know what it means. So if you just put it on that point of view, like the owners have never visited Wigan. Um, actually, before the podcast, I'd, I'd say about half an hour before we started recording, um, there was a statement from Stanley Choi, who was the International Entertainment Corporation. Uh, Biggerhead, I think he was the founder. And he said, um, he was saying that he, he loves the club and he, he didn't want to obviously sell it and, and what's happened. But for me, I, I know a lot a lot of people thinking, how, how dare he says he loves mm-hmm. the club because he's never been to the town. He's, he's never made an effort. He's, he's apparently scared of flying. Um, but I, I just think it's, it's so wrong what's happened to this club and no fan deserves to go through what we're going through at the moment. I know. It's happened so many times to football players, but I know uh, it's quite well documented at the moment, but the last thing I want, I don't know, wake up on a Saturday morning and not have a team to support. That could be the, That's the worst nightmare. I, I know Berry fans, and they say the worst time of the week for them is on a Saturday afternoon at 3pm, because they know where they should be. They know they should be at Gigan Lane supporting the lads, and they can't do that. And that, for me, is the priority now, to say the Sailor club, keep pushing our fundraising efforts, creating new campaigns uh, throughout the week, and and making sure this is on the forefront of everyone's minds. We're not going to let anyone forget this. Uh, Wigan fans, we're we're numbers, but it's the quality over quantity for me. Mm-hmm. We we may only have a couple of couple of thousand, but the couple of thousand we do have are all amazing in their own ways, and how they spread the message over the last week is remarkable. I am so proud of every Wigan fan, although it's a really awful situation. I've actually never felt more connected to this football club because we've yeah. all come together. We we've we we never we might not always agree who's starting on a Saturday afternoon or who Paul cuts bring on at our time, but we all agree that we love the club and we want the best for it.
0: Yeah and one thing I would say is that as you say Wigan fans have you know been certainly rallying the cause and you have been very proactive and have been at the forefront of that. What type of initiatives have you started off since the uh, the awful news broke?
1: So uh, on the Thursday, I um, I first decided to write an open letter because I felt like we can do have a case for an investigation, I thought, I just did it out of emotion really because I knew I could, I couldn't just sit there and do nothing. I really couldn't because Waking up active in a large part of my life since I was a young young lad, and and I, I know what's happening. It just wasn't right. It, something didn't sit right. Something didn't feel right. I just thought to myself, if I if I can write an open letter appealing for the authorities, the EFL, to launch an investigation into what's happened and the circumstances why we're going our administration. I thought I'm just going to try it. even a couple of hundred of see it and, and know what's going on and. The response from that open letter was phenomenal really it, it's done better than I'd ever imagined in probably a million years because uh, as of this morning um, it's been seen by over 500 550, 000 people, and people so over half a million people have read the open letter and know about Wigan and, and what's been going on and, and know that we're hunting for an investigation and, and I actually uh, I saw a statement from the EFL, I think it was on the Tuesday this week. It's hard to keep track of days to be honest and they said they are actually going to investigate. So for me that was quite job well done because it's not just me, let let's let's obviously get that out there. There's the Song of Wigan fans. If I was to name every one of them that like who's helped the cause in, in any way we'd be here till probably next season. Um, it's been a real team effort. Everyone's pulled away, everyone's got together, everyone's Fought the fight, and for, for me to, to have an open letter seen by over five hundred thousand people, it, it just shows how much publicity we can kind of attract, and and obviously as well, the more people that know about your case, the more likely you're going to get help and intervention. Because uh, we've seen in times the biggest influence on big big companies to make decisions is public pressure. Mm-hmm. So if we we keep on the pressure, we'll we'll eventually get uh, actions and I, I just think we, we've we've got to keep fighting because this club is the, the life of our community It's it means so much to everyone i mean the community trust we, we've got this football club, club is amazing because during this coronavirus pandemic it's been awful i know a lot of a lot of fans like fans they, they do live on their own they're they, they, they widowed and the club have been very, very important in helping the vulnerable. They've been ringing up elderly people, making sure everything's okay, uh, giving them support on both a physical and mental level. Uh, they've been delivering essential goods, and, and that's just one of many examples of the great work the community work, community work, community trust do. And the, the next step for me after obviously the open letter gained quite a lot of traction on social media, and just thought to myself, uh, why stop there? I uh, I found, I found a way to kind of advertise um, the club. So I, I made a, pro- a promotional video um, to send a powerful message out to anyone who's going to be willing to listen. Uh, we have fans, uh, we have about 40 fans uh, in the Wigan gears. from all of the years, we have former players um, and one of them were done in their 1999 uh, auto win cup final uh, t-shirt from his, his Wigan days. And I just thought if, we, we wrote, I wrote a script and I got um, different Wigan like, fans to say a different part and like combined it together for one one big video and a message and that did really well. I think that got about 40,000 views and it's just about keeping Wigan at the forefront of people's minds because the last thing I want, the last thing a lot of fans want, we don't want to have obviously a lot of media heat over the next few weeks and then just suddenly disappear and Wigan Athletic suddenly become just staring their fate in the eyes because that that's how clubs obviously don't get out of this predicament. Luckily, we have had over 60 interested parties in buying the club, so we should be able to find a suitable and a trustworthy buyer, fingers crossed. But the thing is for me is that the fans, we're doing everything we can to save the club because uh, during this time, there's, there's no app, there's no available funds so uh, the supporters club who they run away games and all the travels for the club um, they they set up a crowdfunding page um, last week at 2pm and, and since then in just over a week they've raised over £145,000 which goes a very long way in obviously paying for the, the players costs in terms of getting to games, transport and um, helping out with a lot of funds behind the scenes, and the fans have all rallied together. They've, they've been doing ten k runs. They've been doing all sorts of fundraising. Fans have been selling the beloved memorabilia, which they, they'd had from a, for a very long time, and to, 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 to sell them into the club. It was really powerful. I, I remember reading a, a message on the crowdfunding from an eleven year old boy. It's his birthday next next month. He turns twelve, um, and for his birthday, he wanted his parents to donate all his birthday money to the club instead of on himself. And I think that's the most powerful one because at that age, when you're a child, you have no real concept of, of what's going on in in terms of financially, you kind of think money grows on trees. I I know I know I probably did when I was that age and to see that gesture from such a young boy. He's a creator to himself, the club and his family and it just epitomises how important the club is to the community and to the fans and we, we've got to keep fighting really and and the next initiative i had was uh i believe it was monday earlier this week i'd uh, i'd be on a podcast the following friday with um a couple of uh wigan uh, fans who run the progress with unity podcast and and we were joined by uh, emerson boyce who was the 2013 fa cup winner uh lisa Nandi, the uh, wigan mp we also had a sports lawyer summer from the supporters uh fa and we had a really good conversation and one of the fans uh, suggested um he's called adam pendlebury um of looking out for people with mental health and as i looked into it the following week i was really concerned about the mental state of some of our fans because i know a lot of people are distressed and anxious what's been going on it's it's really sad. Um, so I just thought to myself, um, I'm going to try and, and make a difference, and almost hopefully try to come out stronger. Because um I set up a group called the Wig Athletic supportive Mental Health Group, which is designed to kind of give fans an opportunity to make new friends, reminisce of the good times, obviously share the stories about Wig Athletic, and and just kind of ultimately have someone to chat to if they have anxious or any troubles with the mental health and it was, it was so important to, for me to do something like that. We've, we set up a WhatsApp group. We had over, we've got over 125 members in le, less than a week um, who've already been brave and open up about what's been going on in their personal lives. I'm not gonna mention the names because it, it's obviously disrespectful to them, but one fan, he said he has social anxiety. He, he struggles going out with friends and family. He struggles connecting with his friends and family uh, cause he he's nervous about talking but when he's at a Wigan game he doesn't feel any of that, he's happy to join any conversation, he'll chat to anyone and, and the social anxiety is at the back of his mind and, and he's worried that if Wigan do fold he doesn't know what he's going to do with himself and, and that's the, the magnitude of what we're looking at, that's the importance of the work we've been doing. Uh, we, we're lucky that in that mental health group we have uh, got counsellors who are helping out with the initiative because um sometimes, although we can provide a, a friendly part of the back and the shoulder around someone when they're in a tough time, sometimes we, we do need a bit of a professional help from experts that have been in the field. Uh, so it was important to get get that back. And we've had Emerson Boyce, too, who I previously mentioned. Um, he's become a, a group ambassador, and he'll help out when he can, as will Andy Burnham. Um, but the initiative has, has really kicked off. We, we've made a really good virtual community, to be honest with you, you know, because uh, we've we've already got fans making new friends, and we're we're planning to have a, a physical meet up when we can with a few guest speakers on uh, raising money for a couple of charities, and it, it'd be nice to kind of. I, I personally think I'm very optimistic. I always have been. That we will come out stronger after this. We'll have a stronger community. We'll have a, a stronger connection between fans, and to to form a community like we've done for the mental health supporters group. It'll be great because it'll give give fans a, a real opportunity to to connect with people. Because we've we've had fans who who posted in the chat saying like they they don't they don't really know anyone who support like, and they've moved away from the town at a young age. Uh, we've got fans from Chester and, and other places, and it gives them a chance to meet up with new friends. and And that's what football's all about. And it? it's connecting with people. It's it's going to a pull on a match day before the game, having a couple of pints. And, Going to the pub after the game, to celebrate, drown your sorrows, and the social side of football is often underestimated. And for me, I've I've never really spoken about it in in public, or I I was never my intention to. To be honest, I think I'm just kind of speaking out at the moment. Um, last year, a member of my family, they had a, a really bad ordeal with mental health. It was a it got to a really serious stage. We had to seek professional help. Um I was practically a full a full time carer, uh, in addition to doing my uni work and, and other things. And I've seen how much obviously my family members thankfully we've we've helped her through that now with therapy. Um she's she's got a lot better, um a lot better now. And I I i managed to kind of read up about mental health and, and not, not become an expert, but be a little a little bit more educated of what I were and I've, I've seen how it affects people, I've seen how it affects families and I've seen how it changes lives and if I can help just one person prevent that from happening, I'm going to do it because it was one of the darkest days of my, of my life, and I want to do everything I can to to help and, and that's, that's the, the sad reality of, of not the sad reality. that's the great reality of what we're doing because we've got the, we've got the power as, as people We we can. We can help each other it's not hard to be nice um it, it's not hard to be kind it's not hard to look out for one another during a time like this it's so difficult we don't know what's going to happen i can say oh look we, we're going to get a buyer but i don't know that we, we don't know that the administrators won't know that so there's a lot of uncertainty but if i can uh spread the message and, and help out in any way i can i'm going to do it and I just like to say, this isn't a shameless plug, by the way. I'm I'm not trying to gain anything from myself. And my Twitter's at jaywittles6. So if if anyone's struggling with their mental state of being, mind, and you just want to chat to, to someone who who won't judge them, please give me a message because I'm willing to willing to help anyone. It's it's so it means so much to me, and it means so much to so many people. It's probably one of the biggest silent killers. There's a massive stigma around mental health, and Let's just break that stigma. It's okay not to be okay. And we're, we're going to come out of this stronger. We like athletic, and I'm going to make I do everything in my power to help stay at the club and look out for people as well because mental health, like I said, is so important. And I just thought to myself if, if I can
0: at least, if I can even just help one person, I'm going to do it. Yeah, definitely. And man to man, I think you're a credit to yourself, a credit to your family, and a credit to your football club. And you know, I'm always there for you. And I, I, I have genuine belief. I think you're going to go on to achieve great things within sports media. Um, and as I say, if you ever need me, uh, I'm there for you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Anytime. it's
1: it's, it's so nice. Obviously, we we've, we've had some great conversations on the transit to the SIA campus from Piccadilly we've uh we've we've reminced about Sunday League We've we've had some great chats and I've always been very happy to see you when, when I have seen you I know we was on different courses but it was always great to have a, a chat and and get to know get to know you a bit more because our courses didn't really um interact with each other really as much as I probably would have liked so it it just shows the power of the university as well because we're in we're from completely different places I know um, you're from Liverpool and I'm from uh, I'm actually from West Sarton which is a. it's in the middle between Bolton and Wigan, I don't tell anyone that because you know it's technically a Bolton postcode but we don't care about that Um, but it, it's been a pleasure to obviously get to know you as well and it's been amazing to see how you've done on, on your dissertation too because uh, I know you've worked so hard on your, your project, you, you've got a 2-1 and that's a massive achievement and You've, you've got to pat yourself on the back for that because graduating from uni is—it's it's, it's not easy. Not everyone could do it, and I know your family and, and everyone involved. I'm proud of you, and you've got to take a lot of pride. And you say, "I will possibly have a great career in sports media." I know you'll have a great career in sports media. Your, your podcasts on the Ed, Everton channel are phenomenal. I listen to the Peter Reed one. Uh, I love that because Peter Reed—he's um, obviously involved at Wigan.
0: Yeah, there, there, are um, many, there, there are many sort of um, cross pollination. Wigan, Everton, Car- yeah. There's, and then Wigan,
1: w- Wigan, Everton. I think Joe Williams, Joe Williams,
0: good few names.
1: Uh, Joe Williams definitely slipped onto your radar. Mm. Um, I, I think with his performances this season, he would not look out of place in your midfield, especially <laughs> when it's looked a little bit lifeless. <laughs> and this is this is also another another point. Um, mention the Everton players if we can do go down it'll trigger release clauses in some of our players so if we go to League 1 I know I believe Joe Williams and Anthony Robinson they'll both be available for 1.5 million so it just shows a massive financial implications as well because as it stands we're 8 points clear from the drop if we obviously finish above 12 points above the bottom 3 that means we can be hit with a deduction and we'll still be safe but the massive financial implications of, of this is massive, and and that's why I want the deduction to be suspended, because it it's so so important to me and to so many people. Because you've, you've got to bear in mind, Anthony Robinson, he was um, a medical away. He, he sadly had problems with his heart. It's it's turned out to be all right. He's back playing. He's looking better than ever. He's one of the best athletes I've ever seen, and he was. Probably a medical way from completing a 10 million move to 18-1 mm-hmm. in January. If we can do go down, it will go to 1.5 million. That's a lot of money in a couple of months. Yeah, that's, that's a huge and it, and it, and it, and it And it bids the question, too, is um, the time of the administration for me because it happened last week. The season finishes in a couple of weeks. Uh, they get a, a couple of million from the championship for finishing and staying up. And then, obviously, they'd be able to sell plays in a few weeks after that. So, there's obviously... We've got a lot of selling assets at this football club. We've got a lot of great plays. Our academy's phenomenal. I know Everton's been eyeing up Joe Gellhart, like the rest of the Premier League, and the, the club that gets him, they're going to be very lucky, put it that way. Um, he's phenomenal. Uh, eight, 19, no, he's 18, just turned 18 in April. He's he, He's been dubbed the next Wayne Rooney, and... You don't get comparisons like that if you don't have anything about you. Um, and for me, the the financial side of things is massive for the football club. Um, if we can, um, obviously, able to win the appeal against a point of deduction, we do get relegated. It will probably set the club back uh, by a couple of years. We've, we've worked so hard to build the academy. That's who I feel the most sorry for, to be honest, because I know in in situations like this, Premier League clubs kind of. Do swoop on and, and almost snatch the youngsters from the clubs yeah. in administration. I can, I'm not criticising that because we did it to Crystal Palace with Victor Moses all, all those years ago. But it's just a shame for Gregory York and and everyone who's who's worked so hard to get us to a I think yeah. Yeah, we're a Category B academy now. Um, so I know they've worked so hard to get those facilities and to see all this work undone from on the pitch, to how we've been performing. Fans were talking about a Premier League push a few weeks ago, believe it or not, next season, through the playoffs. Because our form's been nothing short of phenomenal. And to see what's happened through no thought of our own and what what it could have on the club, implication-wise, both financially and obviously, emotionally, through the potential of the club going bust, it's it's beyond belief. Was I haven't got enough words um to say if if this wasn't a p g podcast uh we'd have a lot oh, more it, uh, it
0: it isn't you can you can you can say whatever mate. it's not a p g podcast. I, I
1: can say whatever but i'm uh, i'm not one to being effing and jeffin or anything like that I, I like to be quite well mannered and and um i've i've learned if i don't have anything nice to say don't say it at all and i just think the only thing I'm gonna say is I'm not gonna point the fingers at anyone. I'm gonna say it's not I'm not gonna go, Oh, it's his fault, it's his fault, it's his fault, he's the reason we've done it, he's done this. Mm-hmm. I just want I just want a thorough investigation. I want the person who's obviously made the mistake. Mistakes do happen, obviously some mistakes are a lot bigger than other mistakes. But I just want them to kind of be hold themselves accountable because I know if, if I was in a position of power and, and my decision had led on massive consequences for obviously staff players fans alike had i in my own self-pride i'd admit my mistakes and i'd happily face repercussions because i know it'd be my error so it, it's just a case I'm asking the dignity of, of some people because some, something's gone wrong someone someone's let the club down and it's now finding out who and All, all we want now is to just have a a secure future because Wigan Athletic, everyone calls Wigan Athletic. There are no fans and and stuff like that. But you've got to admit, everyone would miss Wigan Athletic. Mm. He'd be doing the giant killings. He'd be beating City every year in the FA Cup. Who'd be defying the odds of staying in the Premier League for eight years after looking like they're going to go down every single year? Who's going to provide unforgettable moments? I mean, Wigan have not just been a massive football club for the town. It's been great for, we've been great for the Premier League in my opinion. Because like you said earlier, when when you remember looking back, you think of the North West contingency in the Premier League, Blackburn, Burnley, Wilson, Wigan. Obviously you get the likes of the Merseyside teams and, and Manchester United City. Um And you, you, you just think if, if Wigan ceased to exist, There'll be a massive hole in in not just Wigan,
0: but in the Football League. I was going to say, encompassing everything that you've just said, every sort of sub-facet of the football club, from the academy to the community trust, to the groups that you're setting up yourself, to the people at at the club that make up the the day-to-day operations, I often describe football clubs as a cultural hub for their communities they absolutely they mean so much to the people of the town or the city that they are based in and one of the things that I wanted to raise for two years I don't know how much substance there is to this I've only seen a few news articles flash out and I know several people have said that it it looks promising Wigan is obviously a big rugby town as well. And I've seen there's been several links to potential assistance by uh, the Warriors, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's correct. So, I'm not too sure about the ins and outs, but I can give you my opinion if something did happen. It's a Wigan Warriors consortium as well. It's not the case of Wigan Wigan Warriors owning Wigan Athletic. It's it's a case of Wigan, Wigan Athletic and Wigan Warriors being under the same roof. Running the same buildings and and being united as a, a sporting town, it, it's not the case of like oh they're owning in I personally think it would be great for the town because people outside Wigan don't know this, but there's actually been a bit of a rivalry between Wigan Warriors fans and Wigan Athletic fans.
0: Is that down to the pitch? Is that down to the state of the pitch that the that the rugby leaves it in?
1: <laughs> Funnily enough, no. I think it dates back to, to quite a long time ago when it's absolutely bonkers because I just don't get it. Because I'm I'm a proud Wigan fan. I I don't really follow rugby league to be honest with you. I watch the odd game. I do find it quite entertaining, but I do like Wigan Warriors. I like to see them doing well. And you you think that they'd have the same sentiment about Wigan Athletic, but I see a lot of fans at each other's throats. And I think it's time now to to stop this rivalry and just unite the town as one. Well. And I think this will go a long way in doing that. Um, in terms of Ian Lennigan, who who owns Wigan Warriors, he'd be a great chairman. I've interviewed him a few times. He, he's he's a very smart and intelligent individual. And I think the the thing that stands out for me, though, is he knows the he's a proud Wigan. He'll have the best interests at the club at heart. I'm not saying the previous owners didn't have the best interests at the club at heart, because so I'm not sure what's happened yet. But, they know the town they've got that personal connection with Wigan and I just think Wigan don't live beyond the means Wigan Warriors so I feel like it will be a really safe move going forward but I think the biggest question mark about that which has been raised by a lot of people is the finance side of things have they got enough money to offer someone attractive enough and will they get out by the other interested parties we're yet to know and the potential of that idea would be great for me. I'd welcome it with open arms. I've seen fans actually almost um, raise their eyebrows about it, and be like, "No, nah, I don't want that happening." And like, you can't, you can't be going, "Oh, save the club, save the club, save the club." But actually, no, nah, I'm not. I don't want to be owned by them. It, it doesn't work. It's not save the club, but on our terms. It's save this football club. To me, I just want someone to own the club who loves the club, they understand the town, they understand what it means to the community, to the fans, to the players as well. And I'd, I just want someone who have, has the club's best interest and in the long-term future as well. I want it to be safe because I've I've had very good memories of growing up as a winger fan. I've gone to games with two generations, my granddad and my dad. I'd like if one day I have kids to kind of almost show them the ropes as well, give them the same, so the same joys I had of being grown up as a as a football fan, and for me, if Wigan Athletic didn't exist in a couple of years, and I don't have that chance, it it it'd break my heart to be honest. Because you, you just you don't imagine it, do you? you I mean, you don't you don't wake up one day thinking, oh, we might not have a football club anymore, and that, that's what's currently happening at the moment. The the implications of, of what's going on, to... To not have that opportunity to, to kind of raise my my kids as Wigan fans, it's it's heartbreaking because there's nothing more I want if if I have kids one day to have the little league Athletic baby grows all the little kids. I want to I want to have that opportunity to kind of show them show them of what I was brought up with and, and show them the joys of Lig Athletic because there's no club icons like we're, we're we're so special and they they need the opportunity to see that themselves and. I feel very privileged to have gone to so many games. I've gone to to be taken by my granddad and my, my dad to games. I've been to Wembley, seen the club win an FA Cup. I know that's what you've not seen, that your your team win a domestic trophy or, or any sort of trophy. Um, I have to get that in there because I'm a very, very mean person. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, no, it's... We've caused so many great memories for me and... A lot of a lot of my greatest days in my life has been through supporting big athletics. So um, I want that to to be the case for my my kids as well. And it, it's quite funny because I could I get married in a few years' time. We don't know. And I, I still think the two thousand and thirteen FA Cup final will be better than any wedding I could have.
0: <laughs>
1: my my, uh, my girlfriend, uh, if she's watching. Um, I will suddenly uh, be back on the market (laughs) if she is (laughs)
0: that I've got to say I I, I remember that that FA cover of yours clear as day and I remember being sitting there in Uh, good three minutes three one of the three worst three minutes of my life Callum running (laughs) riot.
1: yeah I just remember him running I think uh, it was Phil Neville's wayward pass and it was him and uh, Sylvan Diston uh, in a foot race and there's only going to be one winner in that um, but no, it's, it's been a special couple of years really and we've, we've won a few titles as well I mean, we've been kind of yo-yoing between Championship and League One uh, and now I think we're finally asserting ourselves as a good Championship side uh, Before Brentford last weekend we hadn't conceded in seven games to do that at Championship level if Leeds United or West Brom did that, that'd be a massive achievement. But mm. for Wigan to do that is amazing. But it, it just it just shows kind of how our specialist team is as well because they could have easily kind of, like I said earlier, they could have stopped playing. Yet it was in their right? So, but they just want to do well for the club. They know how much it means to the town, and that for me is amazing because um, I'll never forget uh, on on Wednesday we beat QPR one 0 and after the final whistle, whistle because obviously there's no crowd, you could hear the fans, you could hear the players just shout the delight, and it gave me goosebumps to kind of see the fight they're putting up on the pitches. So admirable, it's it, it's beyond belief what they're doing for this club. Our captain Sam Morsey, wow, um, a lot of fans, we, he's a he's an unbelievable player. Um, a lot of fans were classing as a, a good servant, but he's gone from a great servant to a legend now. In my opinion, they all—every week, Athletic player still representing the club on no, no, a little to no pay—are a legend in my eyes. They'll go down in history, and it gives them a real opportunity as well to to make make history because they want to be known now as the the team that didn't didn't just take it lying down. They're going to be the team that. Help save the football club. We're going to be the custodians of Wing Athletic. Someone didn't have the best interest of the club at heart, but they certainly do.
0: Most definitely, and I wish to, uh, the the group of playing lads that you've got all the best to, and the best of luck in the, in the remaining games that they have toward the end of the season. Now to look towards rounding this up. Now, Jay, I know that you said that you didn't want to point any fingers or or play the blame game, but what are the what are the conclusions that you want to derive from this after it's said and done, fingers crossed? I have faith in that Wigan Athletic will have the, the outcome that they deserve, but there's several things that jump out from this to me. Two of the most namely things are, firstly, betting company's involvement in football. I know betting and, and sports is synonymous, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that it will dissipate entirely I don't think it will but it has been a point of contention for many many years now especially when it comes to front of shared sponsorship and the other thing and something that I uh, I covered in my dissertation which you mentioned was the EFL's uh, owners and directors test. I think there's a lot of a lot of things that, that I like
1: to say come out of this and the first thing first oh, and I'll uh, we'll have to just read you that. I keep getting phone calls during the podcast. So I keep asking to try and end them. Um, but can can I... Will you cut this? Can I just... I'll, I'll just start answering it as I would have done. Um, so the first thing I want to come out of this is the long-term future of this football club. Um, I want to find the right buyer. It's so important not to rush it. It's so important to get it right. We want someone who has the best interests of hearts. So they you know the town. They you know the club they know how much it means to so many people and I think the fundraising efforts and the campaigns fans have been doing that just emphasises how much the club means to them and for, for a potential buyer to can see not only the fans' efforts to see how much they care to see the players' efforts on the pitch too and how much they care on lots of no pay I think that's going to be a big statement and a big help in, in finding a buyer uh, I also like the AFL to to suspend uh, the product deduction until a thorough investigation is carried out and we find out what's well and truly happened, uh, it's up in the air at the moment, but I think once an inv- I think it's unfair to to impose a 12-point deduction, which could potentially send the club down without thoroughly investigating what's happened around the administration. If uh, we're going to get relegated, it, it'd be a massive, massive uh, impact. There'd be loss of jobs, even more loss of jobs. Uh, they won't be able to do the services they've been doing in Community Trust anymore, and it also it almost makes the club less attractive to buy as well because if you're an owner um, when you when you're looking to buy a football club you're going to go for a league one club or a championship club they're already one division ahead to get into the Premier League and a lot of owners and not everyone they aim at taking their club to the Premier League because that is the pinnacle of English football that's where everyone wants to be so that's what I want on a, a club level level um, in terms of your your betting comment. Um, I'm not quite sure if if I know we're gonna be sponsored by a betting company. I'm not sure if their involvement, if any involvement. I, I wouldn't like to speculate because it's not fair and it is potential slander and defamation. But um, I, I think there is an issue with betting in football, which needs to kind of be looked at to kind of safeguard. And I think as well, it, betting betting making bets on football as well. It, it, it needs to be reassessed for me because there's a lot of promotion from like Paddy Power and lots of them kind of companies, and I know a lot of people who've who've had issues with gambling over the years, and I feel like gambling is a massive, massive thing in people's lives. It's as much as an addiction as alcohol is, drugs, and you've got to highlight that for me because you you don't want to lose your livelihood over over bets because I know once you're addicted to something, you can't lose lose you can't obviously lose your appetite for it you, you kind of lose yourself in that i've never had an addiction to anything so i can't really speak from my own experiences but um i know that it could take over your life and we need to kind of reassess that uh, i i also think as you referred to the fit and proper person test otherwise known as the owner and director test Um i think the afl do need to reassess that and, and strengthen it because if this has happened to wigan it could happen to any club and it's it's their duty, it's their job to, to legislate, it's their job to look after clubs and safeguard them and I feel like as though if, if they are able to strengthen it, it will be a massive benefit for football in the future. I just hope they can use us as an example to, to change the ways and, and help
0: change the world of football for good. Most definitely, I certainly hope so. Jay, I want to thank you very much for your time and as I say you, you fully merit the every single platform that you get yourself on to explain the current situation that we can find themselves in it, and to as you say be the voice of the voiceless. Um as always mate, you're always welcome to come on whenever you want. I've got a list of people, but you know all you need to do is drop me a message to come on. And thank you so much. Of course uh, i am just gonna say again, um get get your social media handles out there so people know where to find you. Uh please let us also say one thing
1: as well. Um, I'd like to thank every Wigan fan because although i'm I'm doing these podcasts, I'm doing these interviews it it's really not me i'm I'm just I'm just quite happy to the talk really. i'm I know a lot of fans are camera shy. It's every one of our fans who's helped it's It's whether you donate on the crowdfunding page. It's whether you've shared posts, it's whether you've tried to investigate things yourself it's It's a massive team effort. And we couldn't have done it with anyone. Um, we currently keep it fresh in everyone's minds that every Wigan fan deserves praise for that because it's so special, this club, and it, it just shows how much it means to the town. And I'm so proud of every single Wigan fan because it's been amazing this last week because although we faced our biggest ever challenge, I've definitely seen in my lifetime, we've, we've come together in ways that I've never seen us before. I've never felt more connected and everyone should give themselves a massive pat on the back. Uh, in terms of my Twitter, it is at Jay Whittle 6 um, So if you if you want to follow me, uh, I'll be covering, obviously, the Wigan administration. I'll be posting updates about a mental health group. I think that's the biggest thing I'd like to plug because if we can help save someone um, and help them in a really difficult time in their lives, it's it's job done for me because it's so important to look after each other. We've seen it all this year that mental health is plays a massive part in so people's lives I know sadly Caroline Flack who was the Love Island host uh, she sadly uh, committed suicide so it just shows how mental health is so important and we can break the stigma let people know it's okay not to be okay we we will do really well and and go a long way because it, it's so special and it, it's so important
0: definitely uh Everything that you said there, I echo 100%. And I'd also like to to add from, from an outsider's perspective, I wish nothing but the best for Wigan Athletic Football Club and everybody connected to the club itself. Thanks for listening.